Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Lieber. Hi, everybody. I am... <clears throat> Sorry, I had to... I was born with the music in me. I am the anti-Michael Jackson. Now, my skin tone is a little darker. If you'll notice, I can actually grow facial hair. My one glove is black and not white and sequency, and I love older women. But what I won't do is lower myself to listening to Wrong and Wronger because it's got that James Breakwell on it. And James is the anti of everything that is good and wholesome. And James, I do have to ask because it's obligatory at the front end of these podcasts, but how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing okay because I actually have a suggestion for your next hat. I got this roll of <laughs> duct tape here. <laughs> next time you should just wrap it around your whole head, including your mouth. And I think the podcast would be drastically improved. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson, man, come on! What are you? What are you? What are you talking about? You know, I, you sent me the purple hat, and if I knew yeah. that's where you were going with that, I would not have even shown up for the podcast today. I, w- I would have just faked my own death. I would definitely not be right here right now. Oh, please! I was gonna go full on Michael Jackson because I've got the moves. You understand, but. <laughs> What, what that was a laugh of concurrence yes yes not in derision at all i was i was completely agreeing with you in my most passive aggressive condescending way okay good well you're still consistent all right well welcome to the podcast wrong and wronger where james and i argue about topics that mean nothing to nobody but a lot to the few listeners we have and speaking of numbers james i don't know if you've noticed because you don't pay a lot of attention to the feedback But on YouTube, over the last 10 weeks or so, roughly eight of those weeks, one person has given us a thumbs down on YouTube. (laughs) And it's got to be the same person, because if you keep giving a thumbs down eight out of 10 weeks, like, what are you doing still watching the show? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but does that just kind of sit weird with you also? I had no idea. But, you know, I I assume that there's always going to be a downvote. I mean, I have videos up there that are just my kids happily laughing with a pig, and it gets downvotes. Like, if your video doesn't have downvotes yet, it just means nobody's seen it. This is is the dark heart of the Internet. You're getting getting into reality now. They are just – people are awful, and they use the Internet as an excuse to express that. And, honestly, we probably deserve way more downvotes than we got. I mean, (laughs) let's be clear. Do people actually do people give like negative like written feedback for the videos with your girls with laughing with pigs? Not usually. Um, you got to be bigger than I am to get the get the really nasty comments. I just get the just get the cowardly down votes. I'm like that's okay. That's that's how life works. I hate lots of things too. I just never actually take the time to express that by pushing a button. That's <laughs> that's one step farther than I'm willing to go in terms of effort. All right, this has been sort of sitting with me for the last three, four weeks, and I keep forgetting to bring it up. But I think, who is out there still watching, but still hating on our videos? You know what? I bet it's actually a fan who thinks they're being funny. Although now that you've brought it up, like the number of downvotes we get is going to quadruple. There's probably going to be four downvotes out of five total views this week, and that's that's going to be devastating. (laughs) Well, all right. But uh, so this week... 
because we do a different topic each week. And uh, before we even slide into any more of this riveting content, <laughs> but what are we going to argue about this week, James? Oh, we've got a doozy this week. We, 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 got, we actually we, argued. Yes, Go we, just, we got into a fight just discussing the topic. <laughs> so here's the topic. With your napkin, should you put the napkin on your lap or leave it on the table? Should you put the napkin on your lap or put it on the table? Mm-hmm. And it seems that we have remarkably different opinions about this in real life, but we'll see how the Guam Quarter shakes it all out for us. But before we get there, and I did have to take my glove off because I'm left-handed and I couldn't find the right glove, so I had to put the left one on, but we have to give each other compliments, James. Yes. And uh, for me, this is like going to get a double root canal, and for you, this is like a double scoop ice cream sundae. So it's easy for you to compliment me. What do you got for me this week? I would like to compliment you for so heroically arguing positions that are obviously wrong. Last week, you <laughs> lost by a, a commanding margin, like 30%. It was the, one of the biggest blots we've ever had. You lost arguing that we should that, that, that you look weird or you look worse without a beard than with a beard or whatever it was. You were, you are you were anti beard. I'm saying it wrong. And I was pro beard, but we both have beards. And you knew going in the beards was the right answer, but you argued it anyway. You argued it poorly, but you argued it. So props to you for being a a good sport and your humiliating, crushing defeat that will ring through the ages. Wow. Yes. And I want to compliment you on being a good winner. (laughs) (laughs) Just gracious in your very humbly accepting the the victory on the very few weeks that you happen to be on that number one podium. (laughs) Most weeks, you're a good loser where you insult me and the process and (laughs) mathematics in general. And it's like you'll go down swinging win or lose. So there's always a bit of consistency in the Breakwell presentation. That's what I'm here for. I'm just nice and level across the board. (laughs) Well, that's the compliment portion of our show. And also leans into who won last week. And it was James narrowly escaped with a victory last week. I got to tell you, it was nip and tuck, people. It was, I, I, I won by, okay, you got to understand that we get thousands of votes, but almost nobody votes on, like, the actual real categories. <laughs> so out of the people who voted on the real categories, I won, like, 348 to 248. I mean, just an utter blowout. Not even close. And you know what I think it was? I didn't even think it was my argument. I think it was my beautiful face. People who watched the video just saw me, and they're like, man, how could somebody ever argue against a beard that beautiful? Then they saw your beard and it kind of canceled it out. But I, my beauty still overcame it a little bit. And that's how I won. I'm, I'm not afraid to win based on my looks. <laughs> oh, man. There is so much wrong with that <laughs> statement. It would take too many hours. But my beard is going away. We're recording this a day early, and I'll be in Idaho tomorrow. And as you know, nobody in Idaho sports a beard, so I'll have to shave it tomorrow. I, I did not know that. Are you just making up stereotypes about people now? I'm actually being satirical and ironic because I'm guessing everyone on the lamb from the government lives in Idaho. And so to to disguise their face, they all have to wear some facial hair, including the women. I can't wait until we get our first batch of hate mail ever. And it's from a bunch of (laughs) Idahoans who are really upset about your stance on their beards. (laughs) Well, so the argument this week has nothing to do with beards, but on proper table manners, which uh, in this world of people being self-centered and not giving a hoot about anyone else, table manners, I'm hoping, is a last bastion of sanity. And James, what do the two sides of the Guam Quarter represent for you this week? All right. Heads, I am arguing napkin on table. Tails, I am arguing napkin on lap. All right. 
Uh, so table is heads. Yes. Table is heads. All right, it is up. It is down, and it is tails. I can't even bring myself to show you the Guam because I'm irritated that this went the wrong direction. But so you I, now, sir, okay. have, are you lap? All right, thank goodness, because this is obviously what I was arguing for before the show. As somebody <laughs> who believes in propriety and social graces, you got to put that napkin on your lap. There's a reason that when you go out to a fancy restaurant, the first thing you do when you claim your spot at the table is you take the napkin off the table and you put it on your lap. And it's right down there. And that way, if you drop food, it's protected. And if you have to wipe something on there or spit it out, people can't see it. It's hidden down there below the table. It's disgraceful and it's out of sight where it belongs. I mean, can every etiquette book in the history of the world be wrong? I don't think so. And I think where people run into trouble is they try to slum it at home. They're like, well, I could just leave this napkin on the table. After all, it's thin and disposable. No, you put that on your lap like a fancy person. You put on airs and you use your 16 forks to eat your meal. And that's just the way it's supposed to be. I don't make the rules. These were established long before either of us was born. And they'll be here long after we die. Napkins on lap. It's the way we go. If you say putting on airs, you're putting us on. Because the one thing that I know doesn't happen when you got 27 kids is putting on airs or putting on the Ritz. And that uh, when you have kids in particular, like, it's, it's warfare. Dinner time is, lunch time is, breakfast time is. And that napkin, best case scenario, gets used maybe once. You want that thing to be right in the crosshairs of your kids. Once it's on their lap, it is out of sight, out of mind, and it is gone, baby, gone. They'll be wiping their hands on everything from a pig. I know not everybody has a pig. Some people are strange and go pigless in their lives. To so their strange. neighbor. To, I know, right? To their own, like, smocks or dresses or shirts like it's anything goes with children you want that napkin front and center the other thing is i don't know how often you have forgotten that the napkin is down there and stood up for some reason you got to go to the bathroom you're going to reach across you got to go flag down the waiter you got to go get another glass of water and that thing spills onto the floor then you've got to reach down pick it up put it back on your lap and now you're wiping your hands on something that ostensibly has licked the bottom of everyone else's shoe who has ever sat at that booth in the restaurant or every one of your kids and pigs that's tromped through the kitchen. I'm not disgusting that way, James. I keep the napkin on a, like a, a little dish next to my serving dish or my, my main plate. And uh, it's got a little, a little bit of water in it so I can sprinkle onto my fingertips as I'm moving through. I don't need a lot of napkin because I'm a very clean eater. I use <laughs> forks. I use spoons. I use silverware. And, uh, oh, one last thing about having it on your leg, especially if you go out to a fancy place, and I know I'm going pre-children with you, James, and probably not even discussing anything you've ever experienced in your lifetime, but the napkins are made out of cloth. Your khakis are made out of cloth. And so uh, you get a little schmaltz on you. You reach down and you think you're wiping it on your napkin, but you're wiping it on your pant leg instead. Like, why do you want to put yourself through that misery and humiliation? I stand for putting on airs, and that requires the napkin to be on the table. It doesn't happen very often, but every once in a great while, as you talk, 
you reveal the real Steve. You the <laughs> honesty breaks through, and you'll let something slip that's not part of an act, that's not part of one of your hat routines. It's just the real you, and the All real right. you is the guy who can't remember that he has a napkin on his lap. I mean, you're getting old. Things slip through your mind. You can't tell the difference between a napkin and your pants. I mean, we get it, okay? Getting old as hell. But you know what? The, you, you can, there's medication. There are helpers. We can get you an aid. There are nursing homes. There are ways around this. But for the rest of us who are able-bodied, who our minds are still kind of sort of there, I remember that there are things on my lap. I mean, sometimes I have a kid on my lap. If I stood up when there was a kid on my lap, that kid could die. I just, sometimes there's a pig on my lap. You got to set the pig gently on the floor. If there's a napkin on my lap, I will notice it. I have nerves in my legs. I feel it. I remember social decorum. I remember oh everything God. that's been trained into me since the moment of birth that napkins go on laps and as for kids in that napkin do you know what a, a napkin looks like after a kid has touched it it is gross it is disgusting and if you leave that on the table you are not going to have any appetite left whatever appetite you can have while eating in the presence of children <laughs> i mean you just got to get that thing out of sight i mean it's unpleasant enough the way it is and if it would help, I mean, maybe maybe the next time you go out to eat at a restaurant, maybe you should just write a note on your hand. I have a napkin on my lap. Or like, <laughs> get some sort of, like one of those emergency bracelets that says do not resuscitate, but just add on, you know, napkin on lap and you'll be set. I mean, there are workarounds. I am here for you. This goes, this goes beyond the argument. This is just me trying to help a fellow human being not be disgusting. Help me help you, Steve. You know, after <laughs> your kid plows through that napkin like Sherman going through Atlanta, do you really want it touching their good clothing? If you're out for Easter dinner and they've got their bonnets on, and I don't even know what an Easter bonnet is, but or they're at grandma's house or something, like they've got their good clothing on, why do you want to burn through a couple of outfits by having that disgusting napkin, which is probably dripping with casserole, to be set onto their lap? Why not just take their bowl and dump it preemptively into their lap, save you a couple of steps, make the dinner time a little bit more efficient? Like, no, you want that napkin up high, all the food got to remain table length, uh, not t table height or above. You don't want anything below. You don't want a pig licking anything out of your lap. It's the, it's the final layer of protection. It's like it's like a force field on your pants or on your dress. If you don't have that napkin there, every single thing they drop is going straight onto their clothes. But if you have the napkin, there's a chance it's going to save it. It might not save it 100% of the time. It's like the net they put below type warp walkers. You know, they might miss the net. They might go splat. But there's at least a chance their life will be saved. If there's a chance we can avoid a stain, I'm going to take it. And what else I'm going to do is roll the dice so people can vote for me. And you can have your second humiliating defeat in a row. All right. By the way, how can you, with nerves in your legs, how do you feel when you have a napkin there? Like, can you find a human hair under eight layers of magazine paper if you're sitting on it? Like, how sensitive is your tush and your legs? That's Very ridiculous. sensitive. I'm sorry that all my nerve endings haven't been killed off by a hard and lengthy life. I'm still young and spry, and most of my body still works. So that's what I have yeah. going for me. I know how much whiskey you consumed a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> it was vodka now. and Diet Coke. Completely different. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> All Boy, right. Both of those are really good for you, too. Yes, but they did not deaden my nerve endings, because even when I was drunk, <laughs> I could tell if I had a napkin on my lap. The answer was no. All right, so if you want to vote for me, vote for 63, and that is for napkins on your lap. If you mm -hmm. want to vote for napkins on the table... Vote in Steve, which I don't know why anyone would want to do. Vote for 41, which is nothing, absolutely nothing that Steve can come up with. And if you want to throw <laughs> your vote away, vote for 12. 12 is nothing. All right. Well, 
James in 63, for as much as he gets on me about being old, I think we need to trend downward in numbers. And if you throw 12 away because it's a throwaway anyway, I've got the younger number here, 41, and that's the way you've got to vote. Vote for Steve this week. Show James that last week was an anomaly because all of you just felt bad for him. Because uh, just look at him. Like uh, you probably said, "Ah, I've seen a couple of street people that are in dire straits too. And so you throw him a couple of bones. So 63 for Breakwell, 41 for the winner, and don't even think about 12. So until next week, because we got to wrap the show today where we tee it up and kick it off one more time, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve talking for James, the exploding unicorn Breakwell, saying thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and as always, two wrongs can make a right.